Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from, yeah. where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. What's up, Real Business Owners? Welcome back to another episode of the Real Business Owners Podcast. This is episode 111. We were just saying it's the... Uh, it's the angel number. It's the angel number. Yeah. You've got Trevor and I, as well as we've got an angel with us. Her name's Cami Bowker. You guys, we just met her up at a high-level mastermind. We went up to the Multiple Club. It's a group of cool entrepreneurs. And we, as you guys know, we did that episode with Cody Jefferson. Uh, a lot of you guys really enjoyed that. But we also got the pleasure of meeting Cami up there. And we you know, got to know a little bit about her cause. And it's a cause that we all feel passionate about, something that we believe in, something I've donated to before. We're also going to be donating to her cause as well. Um, but you guys, Cami owns or operates, it's a nonprofit, the Global Education Philanthropy. Help me say Philanthropy. it. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. It just means they having the idea <laughs> of giving back. I always struggle with that You're word. You're a philanthropist. <laughs> you are. If you give and donate, you yeah, are. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. And it's, uh, but you guys, it's about human trafficking. Cammie is, she went from being a school teacher to heading the front of this organization, running task force. And mm. as you guys will learn throughout our episode, she's a force to be reckoned with. So Cammie, welcome to the to the show. Thank you. I would might maybe say... All teachers might be a force you reckon with. Yeah, hey, that's probably very true. <laughs> but thank so you for having me. So there's stuff that goes down in the in the student teacher or the teachers lounge that we don't know about. I just They're feel like to survive as a teacher for 15 years, you learn a really stern look. Yeah. You have a good loud teacher slash mom mm. voice that's actually helped me in what I do today. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> a really good. you know like furrowed brow well, can get you, you pretty far. <laughs> if you can corral kids, you can corral anybody. Well, you can feel yeah. her energy though too. Like you know, just uh, people in general when you meet someone and they have that energy about them, you definitely do. You can tell that you you have what it takes to lead a front like this. And as business people, I mean, there's nothing more important to us than our families. And so I think it's really cool and fitting mm -hmm. to have some, you know, you on the show. I mean, because, I mean, that's why we build what we build as far as companies and businesses is we want freedom for our families and we want them safe. We want to protect it. And so I know you're going to give some awesome nuggets on uh, how we can protect our families today. And I will say I did have an incident when the app TikTok was musically mm -hmm. and I had my my little daughter targeted and uh, she didn't know what she's getting into they started saying hey i can make you famous and she was like eight years old and she's thinking that oh wow someone's gonna make me famous and man she played right into it. and it was a learning experience for our entire family and when it happened again because it did she knew to come right to us and because of the talks that we had and you know i think we should still be preparing and learning and trying to make sure that we're we're preparing our, our her and all of our kids for situations like that because it's just so it's so uh, available like anybody can target any any kid and and groom them and profile well, them on on apps nowadays and so what I think you do? I think predators love the internet because they can hide back in the day without the internet it was much harder for them to get what they wanted right sure. now every child is accessible to a predator not just the kids that are in front of them they don't have to drive by the school and eyeball the yeah. kid you know parking their bike and watch it for a week to see what time they're showing up or whatever right um, yeah, I used Nowadays, to tell people it's like, just a you know, free for all. When we were growing up, it was like, don't go to the park and like there's a creepy guy in the van. They're like, stay away from that creepy yeah. guy. Yeah, if somebody now the says you want van, candy or something, yeah, then say no and run away. That, that well, was like the that only thing creeper, we were taught. He lives in your phones, and he lives probably underneath a 12 year old profile that maybe looks like the age of the individuals that he's trying to target. Right? Absolutely. And so yep. it's so much easier for them to. Uh, find kids and groom kids and you know you want to be famous or whatever it is yeah. right there is kids are obviously very gullible right uh, and because not parents have done a good job yeah. really i mean like a lot of parents have done a nice job teaching them that they're safe yeah that and so they are trusting yeah you know it research shows that it only takes 24 hours for a kid to believe that the person a dead stranger on the other side of that screen is their friend yeah. just a few messages just, yeah. that that's their friend and i especially maybe with some compliments or something oh, you, yeah. you start with a oh love you're so pretty or you know all this. and it can make a kid feel like special Right? Even, I like this person. They just gave me oh, a compliment. So yeah, exactly. And even that, as parents, um, as we post online, this is where we're going for practice. This is where we're going for this. We're going to be here, here, here. 
you think about it. If you are in the market for something, you go to a place where that thing is at, right? right. You want to go buy candy, go to the candy store. If you want to yeah. get kids, you figure out where they are, what things they like to do. Mm. So as parents, as we're posting where we're at, what's going on, they can strike up conversations with our kids because they already know where they're at. Mm. They know what sports they like. They know that their moms are so distracted having their own social media profile. They're using that as a sex symbol that they know these kids are easy targets. Gotcha. So one major piece I talk about, and I'm very passionate about it and people might hate it, is I've had people want to help other organization. They want us, us to hire them. They wanted to, you know, be a cause and a voice in this fight. And I look at their social media, especially as females. And I say, okay, look at your, look at what I can see as soon as I look at your profile. If you're using social media to be a sex symbol, how in the world would you expect your eight-year-old not to? Mm. That is the, that is the reality of the fact of we are the problem. If we're going to put our heads in the sound and say, yeah, I want to fight child trafficking. I want to talk about it. No, I want you to stop what you're doing right now Set a right and example. clear your yeah. freaking social media. Clean it up. Yeah. yeah. We can be better. Right? Yeah. And I promise you, because the conversations I've seen from phones that people thought were cleaned up, your Snapchat conversations are never gone. The conversations in games are never deleted. We have the technology and the backing to find these conversations. Mm. And I'll tell you, it starts as simple as a high. And these kids will continue conversations with older men, even if they find out it's an older man. But they also have to look at their moms, their aunts, their um, female influences in their mm. life. So we as females need to be better and use the internet to be amazing. Mm. Use it to use your time. For something positive. Yeah, than, there's so much better to be doing you know. than shaking your, you know what, on, well, on the I, internet. I, I, I honestly think people mm -hmm. just, you know, want to be, uh, I don't know what, what the right word is. It, it, I think people just crave attention. They want to be seen or appreciated. Right. Right. So like if an adult maybe, woman maybe, does, maybe an yeah, eight-year-old would maybe, too. Maybe, yeah, right. well, exactly. exactly. Well, maybe there's a lot of parents setting bad examples by being on their phone constantly. So their kids are on the phone constantly and therefore, you know, the, you're putting them in a bad position. But you post a picture of something basic and it gets 100 likes and you post a picture of your ass and it gets 600 likes. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to try to understand why somebody continues to put those those same pictures out over and over and over yeah. because they get those dopamine hits. Like yeah. I, people like this. They so like would you me. want I'm your eight-year-old to do that? Yeah. No, would exactly. you want your yeah. nine-year-old? Would you want your 10-year-old yeah. to right. do that? Exactly. And so I will say this once and I'll say it a million times. If you are doing that, you are part of the problem yeah. because That's you're over-sexualizing all the interactions online. And I see what that leads to when I get a call from someone like our attorney general that there's a 15-year-old in a car being raped by 20 dudes. Why? Mm. because those dudes are addicted to porn, because every interaction has to do with sex, and it is our job to do something. Right. We say we want to help in different causes, and this cause to me, kids being raped, there's right. nothing more important to me. Mm. Well, and if they but see... as females and, and male, males, I suppose, who gives a crap how many likes? I'm sorry, right. I know that we're in this, yeah. this, this instant world, yeah. but at what cost? Yeah. Someday you might want to run for president. Someday you might want to be an actual like person in your community that stands for good, right? Mm. Regardless of what your background is, if you are adding to the over-sexualization of what's happening on the internet, you're part of the problem, period, mm, end absolutely. of story. Why don't and, you and tell us? See, if they see that mom is feeling good about all those compliments and the They're going to do the same thing. Yeah. She's going to think it's okay to entertain what all these guys are going to say yeah. about her. And next thing you know, they end up being that girl in the car, which is the worst thought ever. And no girl would ever want that for their daughter, but they don't think of like, hey, what I'm doing is a part of the problem. So that's really And, and maybe some hear. of these kids aren't getting the attention that they feel like that they need. Uh, you know, again, that's not a conscious thought. Subconsciously, maybe they're just not getting attention at home, so they turn to the internet and they do whatever they need to do to try to get attention. If somebody sends a message and they're getting attention, that feels good. I don't yep. care who you are. It feels good to have somebody reach out and tell you that you look good or whatever it is. Now, we may know that there's bad people out there. Kids don't understand that yet. They, they it's think not it's their just yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the transition, like from being teacher to now just hunting motherfuckers down, right? <laughs> like, the, you know, hunting yeah. the bad guys down. Like yeah. that's, it seems like it's kind pretty of, drastic. It, yeah, I mean, teaching like, like, you know, sixth grade can yeah. also seem pretty like yeah. a lot of adrenaline. Going but from six times six to <laughs> I'm teaching math and science. hunt six dudes down, you know? So, you got my six. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I started my organization with the intention of bringing um, and building schools internationally. I knew that my kids here in the States were really blessed. Yeah. I actually had cancer five years ago and that actually changed everything for me. Wow. Mm. And I realized um, when I, the minute I was told I had cancer, the first thought that went through my mind is, did I love enough? 
Did you it, make a big enough impact? Did I? On like, the if world? I'm not going to see my, my son graduate yeah. from high school, yeah. like, I, that was a minute, I thought, I wasn't sure how, you know, far this cancer had spread and everything. Yeah. And it, I remember where I was. I was actually in my classroom at the time when I got found out. Everything changed within me. And I realized I wanted to make that whatever time a I have difference. left, 100 years or two yeah. minutes left, count. Yeah. And so I actually started my organization wanting to build schools internationally after I got cleared with cancer um, because I realized really, really quickly how blessed we are. And there's so many people in the world that need um, there's so much more than we realize. Yeah. There's so many people that can, yeah. it's just like going back to what you can do online. Go, go do something nice for someone and get that dopamine release. I know it might sound like a, you know, no, Mr. Rogers answer and really lame, but, but I'll take you to these orphanages in Haiti. I'll take you to the tunnels in Las Vegas. I'll take you to these places in the world that I've seen where people right underneath our noses need our help. Mm. And so I started um, in the country of Haiti. I went by myself to Haiti and so I, so what, what, like just. You, in, in that moment, you said, I'm going to make a complete life shift. And did you know, like, in, like I want to go to other countries and help other countries? Or was it, did it take time for oh, yeah. you to kind of reconcile some thoughts and say, this is what I'm going to do? Was there somebody that influenced you that said, hey, maybe you should look at this? Or yeah. how did that happen? So as a teacher, I taught in Seattle for years. Yeah. A lot of my friends back home t um, did international teaching. Uh -huh. And so I always knew, like, I want to teach overseas. Okay. And then when I got cancer, I'm like, well, forget this. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to build schools myself. I'm out of here. So um, I actually was on the Price is Right TV show. Oh, wow. And I won a trip to Puerto Vallarta oh, um, cool. and a trip to Hilton Head Island. So I won all these. <laughs> prizes awesome. and it was really serendipitous it was like after my cancer and it was all of this cool stuff and so i'm sitting in puerto vallarta and i'm looking um just kind of on the beach just in a lawn chair or a beach chair writing in my journal and this little boy comes up to sell me chiclets and i'm like my kids have never had to sell chiclets and at the end of the day we sit and go okay now we're gonna go buy for food and we come together and you know and i thought these are the kind of kids that need access to reading. He doesn't know how to read if he had mm -hmm. books, you know, and I sat on the beach in Puerto Vallarta with my journal and wrote out what I'd want to do. Yeah. And if you mm -hmm. see that journal, it's just like a spiral notebook. All just yeah. my guts just poured out into mm -hmm. it. That's awesome. And then I actually called my buddy back here in St. George and he does marketing. I said, do you know anyone that's got like a really good attorney? I don't even know. It's a wild idea. And yeah. I'm just a teacher. Yeah. I don't even know. Can you do international business or is it like laws? And no. He goes, I don't know. I have this. I know this guy's the number one world's philanthropic attorney. Let's see if you can, you can get into him. Hey, we'll see. His name is Travis Sigmiller. He actually lives here. He's our legislator. So I called him and I said, he's like, I normally can't get people in for months, but I have an opening on Wednesday. I'm like, great. I get back Tuesday. I'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah, very cool. So I come in with my mm. hippie, like wow. still sit on the beach, my spiral notebook full of dirt. I'm like, um, and I go to this huge board table with all these super fancy attorneys and I'm still in like mm, dirty, whatever. <laughs> so excited about this, what I was going to do. And I said, I, I just want to help build schools. I want to get kids books. I want to help them, you know, build a library. Let these kids that are in these orphanages, like, or this sweet boy on the beach, if he had access to reading, he could learn more things and learn more things. And he said, you know what? It's funny that you're in my office. He said, I had my close friend that I used to work with in Washington, D.C. get off the phone with me this morning and said, if anyone comes across your desk that would be willing to build a school, some of these kids in this or a library in our orphanage, some of these kids are never, ever adopted. Yeah. And they just need something to do. Mm. You know, we got a couple hundred kids in this orphanage and they just need books. And I'm like, OK, fantastic. So we set up my organization wow. right then. And that's when um, we Did made the name. Did you feel like when he said that it was just meant to oh, be. Oh man, we yeah. all got chills. And yeah. like these men in these, you know, three piece suits were all just like, we're all just sobbing. Yeah. We're like, there, there's somebody that's well, waiting for us. Mm. Um, and so I booked a plane ticket and went um, to Haiti by myself. Don't ever mm. do this. This is a very bad idea. Right. <laughs> Don't go by yourself. I mean, I had a referral of the president um, of the board of that orphanage. And um, he said, okay, come on down. Let's see who you are. And I wanted to know their school. And it's the lar largest orphanage in the country. Um, but we named Global Education Philanthropists that just because we invite everybody to join us in making the world a better place. Yeah. That's really all it comes down to. I wanted people to know if they wanted to do some good in the world, they could come to us and find someone that needs help. Gotcha. So I went to the orphanage with this, like, okay, great. I'm going to bring them a book and a library and it's going to be so cool. They're just going to be reading forever. Everything's going to be great. Yeah. And the orphanage door opened and I saw the most beautiful black boy that was the same age of my kids. And I'm like, that is my son. That is my child. That is my son. Like I'm, I'm convinced that's my child. And um, I learned his story. He was trafficked in the Dominican Republic and oh, brought to this he? orphanage. He's about 14. And I had the mm -hmm. same kids the same age. Mm. So it's hard not to think of your kids when you see these kids in this yeah. situation. So the orphanage gate opens in Haiti. Everything's behind a big, tall gate. So the gate opens and there's this beautiful, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. And as far as I could see, more kids and more kids and more kids. 
that aren't fully clothed, that are desperate, obviously very desperate for the necessities of life. And I knew that I was going to have a lot more work to do than just building just a library and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so I seriously got, you know, just taken back by emotion. Mm. And every, you know, I, had, I have a picture of it, of me. Uh, I, have, I have orphans holding both legs, my arms, my neck, just wanting some attention. Mm. And I started to learn their stories. I, I didn't leave that orphanage until I figured out what the heck was going on there. And most of those kids had been sex trafficked. And so I realized, wait a minute, not only had they been sex trafficked, but now they're hungry and they're not, they're naked, essentially. They need access to clothes. They need access to food. They need access to school. So I said, okay, kids, where do you guys go to school? Take me down this, this dirt road. So I went to the, to the school. It's a, one of the largest school as well in the country. And I said, hey, I'm a teacher from the States. Um, and I thought, okay, if I got these kids in school, they're still going to be ended up, end up way back out in the street doing who knows what. Let's get them a, a vocational trade. So I sat with the school director for about a week, and we planned teacher trainings and vocational trades. Mm. And so really going in, seeing what they need, electrician skills. And I got really um, close with government workers, social workers, mm. what these kids, the people these kids have to interact with. Um, and so learning this, this kid's story mirrored a lot of the kids in that orphanage. I couldn't get it out of my mind. So I was going to Haiti and then back here to Utah to teach to Haiti back. And I, I had a really, really, I still was teaching school, yeah. really hard time going first world, third world. My brain was not adjusting very well to how spoiled we are here. Yeah. Oh. And so I only lasted a year finishing teaching out. I thought I got to go help these babies. Well, that's why I can't, I can't stand when people complain about the United States just in general. Like, yeah, that's because you were born and raised here and you're blinded to everything else that's going on in the world. So you think that you really have problems. Our problems right? are, did we get 100 likes or 600 likes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. we're very, very, all of us are very privileged very in this country. Blessed. It's stupid yeah. that we're all fighting about privilege when this yeah. shit's going on in yeah. the world. And yeah. and it's uh, it's really disturbing. And, and and you hear all these things going on about tra trafficking, and, and it does. It just tears on your yeah. your emotions and your heartstrings. And, but you went and you actually saw this and you learned their stories, and I can't even imagine like how much more that intensifies that would it. That pull at your oh, heart. Even, even just thinking about what's going on, it just is painful Yeah. to have the visual reference of it as well mm -hmm. would just turn up the intensity And you know, the so love you connect much. with the kids. I kept going back and watching them grow yeah. and making sure that they, you know, we provide sure school lunches. every time they see you, they're just like, ah. It's crazy. Yeah. And so now like, we support ah. like five schools yeah. in Haiti. Um, we have a vocational trade school that sews school uniforms because without a uniform, they can't go to school. And so we actually employ 70 different adults that go there and they have money to provide for their family. And if and they can get in school, their the chances of being trafficked go down by 85%. Yeah. So what I did, but my story was, is I learned his story and that it mirrored the other kids. And I was like, where now? And then Dominican Republic, great. Jumped on a plane, went to the DR. Yeah. Started digging, seeing where the networks are at, what's happening, who's moving, who's who are the good guys in this? Why are kids going back? And why is it happening so much? And I got, um, what's the word I want? I got connections with a lot of organizations, NGOs, um, government. Some are trusted, worthy, some aren't. You just have to have relationships with people and kind of learn what's working for reals. Um, and I bring teams of volunteers back to those areas and I still do. Mm -hmm. So I did anti-trafficking, um, you know, rescues and also getting them to safety, to trusted aftercare centers. That part's super duper duper important. Um, and then I was really involved in the, in the DR in Haiti, in the Caribbean. And then my friend here in St. George had her daughter trafficked. And she'd been rescued and she called me and said, hey, you don't know me, um, but my daughter mm. was trafficked here. We're having a fundraiser. Would you mind helping me um, just raise awareness? And I'm like, wait, uh, hold up. Your daughter was trafficked where? Here. Wait, in the States? What are you talking about? In my mind, even though I was in it, I still yeah. thought it was this faraway concept, which many people probably do. And um, she told me the story of her daughter who was trafficked here locally. And that did the same thing, but worse to me. Mm. I thought, wow, like I could almost compartmentalize it being over there, but knowing that our kids here are also just as um, much of a danger, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I started um, working in San Diego twice a month, helping get girls out uh, with another female. We'd go in undercover. We'd go into the, the places where the girls were at and we'd just say, hey, I'm going to get you right out of here. So there's many ways that girls and kids and men too can get out that I've experienced. Was the girl of the friend, was it a social media incident? Or it actually that... started that way, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. She was getting bullied online and then she was really susceptible to um, Any, but any compliments yeah. at that point. Right. right? Wow. Remember when we were in Mexico, you were talking about that, that kid selling chiclets? Um, 
this was way back when, when we were at the, the Mazelon trip. Mm-hmm. What's that, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, yeah. probably, something like that. Um, and we went with a buddy that was, he was, Luke was going down there quite frequently for the Baja races and stuff like that down yeah. there in Mexico. And he actually said that the parents don't want their kids to go to school if they sell well. So he said, do not buy whatever the kids are selling because whoever sells the most stays out of school because they're bringing in revenue for the family. So if they have three kids and they go out and sell, but one kid's just the hitter and he's or she is the one that's making the most money, maybe these other two, they go off to school and this person's the salesperson now for the family to help them put food on the table. So he said, whatever you do, don't buy stuff from the kids because you're ultimately taking away their education because they're going to stay on the streets selling if they're good at it and they're bringing enough money home. And it's mm. fascinating as you hear different cultural norms, right? So I was just in a different country and um, I was there with a business group and I had left the business group to work on a rescue. And I realized um, that just the amount of underage um, buying of women that was happening underneath our noses, uh, that my no, friends like there, under our noses here in the U.S. Um, no, it was in a saying? different country. Oh, got you. Um, but my friends didn't really understand the magnitude of what was taking place, and it's just prevalent. I mean, there's sex tourism. There's all of this um, trafficking that happens overseas in different countries. But then when I look at what's happening here in the states, you guys, it's worse. It's worse here than it is anywhere else because what we're noticing right now is the online um, and on-demand abuse that's that's happening. So now if you look, um, so I have... I would say kids here have access to anything. probably the internet and more apps more so than third world countries too. And just the copious amounts of time that the parents are distracted. We're all just so distracted. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've seen cases where uh, the, the girl was trafficked on Snapchat um, and her parents were sharing a bedroom wall and it's on, on live, you know, live stream. So that part of trafficking that people don't understand is really happening now. Mm. I mean, we're working on a documentary to showcase some of these cases so that kids can understand that they're a target. So a kid can make a trafficker a million dollars. If you look and realize there's a bad guy out there, I don't care if he's in South Africa or if he is in Vegas or wherever, but my child's worth a million dollars to them. They can make about 250 grand a year on them selling them for sex and they're going to sell them for their organs. If you understood the reality of the threat, mm. that's not a far-fetched thing. It's happening, and it happens all the time without us knowing it. And they have gotten smarter, right? Now that the kids are online all the time, schools, more schools online, we've noticed that they can even get through the .edu websites, through the school districts. And the school districts have their firewalls and stuff. But the amount of revenue that can be generated on a human being is generates more money for terrorism, mm. generates more money. You know, you can do it like they with can make more money on humans than arms. Yeah. You know, with, with that amount of money, you can hire hackers. It's right? so easy. So, so easy. they can get past some of the EDU stuff. And I only right? say that because it's like when we understand the magnitude of the threat that kids I've seen get trafficked off of Roblox, off of Fortnite, off of TikTok, you know, and you have people who are like, I want to be an OnlyFans person. That is like, we have to be better, you guys. Like, yeah. it's such low vibrational filth mm. that we hinge our worth on. Yeah. And even what we're viewing online, like, I know that I look at the world through really messed up glasses because I see cases after cases after yeah, cases. Yeah, this is what you're doing every day now, Yeah, right? but people so. don't know the reality. You know, we had a, I have a friend that was law enforcement in California. Um, they did an undercover sting, arrested, you know, a lot of people in a really small town. And they posted up with just a 13-year-old girl. And within a matter of minutes, they had 60-something hits. It's like, and a boy, and yeah. a boy as well. Yeah. And so this was a while back, you know, and it's like, people don't understand. This is an conservative community and well people just think it happens on somewhere else on right. t- you know to catch a predator well, this is also this is not in our area right oh but, it can happen in haiti yeah, or but, dr maybe but in, at the same time right. even to catch a predator there's freaking not well, not popes but like leaders of church organizations and you know people that are in trusting positions that are still doing oh, yeah. some of this I think shit I saw right? like, the other day that was a pastor at a church but, yeah. yeah that's really common yeah uh, we just took so okay, what's what's this month june yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, so, 20, it's, right it's just 2021. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. It We're could not be sure. 2022. So the know. Super Bowl, right? Uh, uh, I took part in a 10-day sting operation down in Tampa, Florida with a couple uh, other organizations. 
And I'm really fascinated with this digital piece because I understand technology isn't going anywhere. Our kids are going to need technology. It's, you know, they need to be able to yeah. maneuver through it well. We can't just say, you can't have a phone, you can't, you can't, you can't. We need to show them the threats in a, in a kid-friendly way and then give them the power to be empowered for themselves, not shame them for, you know, watching porn because they're exposed to it at six years old. If you have a six-year-old, they've seen porn. I'm sorry. That's the target age. We just have to be real about this stuff. My daughter's never having a phone. Mine neither. <laughs> Mine neither, my she, friend. She, she's 11. And she's turning 12 mm -hmm. and she's asked about a billion times. I was like, nope. When you're an adult, nope. you pay for it. Yeah. And you know, I won't tell Terrence what to do there, but I'm just saying you're Tell giving... whoever is hitting you up to hit me up yeah. and I'll relay the message. And this is my message. actual face. You know? This isn't yeah. a pretend face. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were looking as we were leading up to this sting in, um, in Tampa, we were looking at all of the digital pieces. And so the Human Trafficking Task Force was like, okay, this was a couple months out. We, we noticed 500 online ads soliciting sex with minors that weekend. And I was like, what? 500 online? And uh, you know, some undercover brothels, some illicit businesses are getting My set wife up. told me the Super Bowl weekend is like, the peak. It really again, is. I don't know if she read that in an article or where That's where she found that. But, no, it's real but because for whatever reason, the Super reason Bowl is that week is like the highest. Yeah. I don't know. Is it the kid kidnapping? Well, week no, it's the number one time that kids are sold. Oh, human trafficking. I don't know. Sex. Sex is sold so, with yeah, minors yeah. on U.S. soil, and this gotcha. is why. Whenever there's a playoff game or a the Super Bowl is like, think about how much a ticket is to the to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. People want experiences they couldn't get otherwise. So there's VIP. There's, you know, you know, underage there are people flown in these crazy experiences. And I had heard that I'd quoted it. I'd studied cases, but watching it this year in Tampa. So as I go to as when I land in Tampa, we get, you know, debriefed with what's going on. 10,000 online ads soliciting sex with minors for that weekend. And then it's 20,000 and then 30,000. By the end of the debriefing, we had 30,000 online ads ads soliciting sex with minors. What do you mean minors. by online ads soliciting? On Craig's, like, Craigslist, on different apps, um, Tinder, Bumble, like all of these different- Wayfair? We won't go with Wayfair right now. You don't have enough time. We'll have to come back for the Wayfair conversation. But then there was- Not to laugh about it, but you know, no, you, you do it. wonder if that was a big but conspiracy yeah, or if it's real. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I honestly think wonder. there's a little bit of truth yeah. in just about anything, even- No shit. But I, I think that we, we have these rose-colored glasses on sometimes, and we hear some shit, and we're just like, Pfft. Yeah, right. And when it's so you dark know? and wild, you're like, that. you're That's cognitive impossible. distance, like whatever. But you're using internal bias. You're, you're using your perception of the world saying, no, that's not happening. That's yeah. impossible. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because you can't fathom that, but you don't have the mind of a predator. Exactly. You don't have the mind of an individual yep. that wants to do that. Right. And so it's very hard to believe it when you're a pure person. Well, some of these that predators that that's happening. are better at creating softwares and hacks and shit than our own government. And, and the weird own, thing is, is you know, some of the people that are buying sex with minors, you guys, I say this a lot, but I've witnessed it are American businessmen. Right. Mm. And I know that's not easy to hear, yeah. but okay, the sadder and more Im impactful for me, more sad, I guess is the proper way to say that, um, than even seeing Haiti or the Dominican Republic or some of these other things I've seen was the Super Bowl this last year. Mm. So we, we you know, it's are almost there. Like we expect better from us as a country, right. and then you're like, oh, that's a third world country. There probably is a lot of bad stuff happening over it, right. there, right? Mm -hmm. But you think that we have this fortress around the United but States. But we don't. Right? You know, we were going we're to the these different problem. like undercover places, and there were American businessmen lying down around the block. Every single block you went on mm -hmm. at one in the morning, at two in the afternoon, waiting for sex with minors. And that operation alone, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's how many months later, and I'm still trying to understand what I was exactly looking at. I mean, we were, we'd go in there and we'd tell the girls we'd get them out with other organizations, law enforcement. I mean, it was super complicated. And luckily we had amazing volunteers in different, even states setting up call centers, calling on the ads. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a long, it's a huge process once you get out to keep you out. And it's this huge thing. But for me to watch the men, um, and I'm sure there were women as well. I'm just speaking to my experience, um, aligned down around the block in block after block after block in city block yeah, after city block disgusting. wanting sex with minors yeah. and so to see that and witness it mm. and to say yeah super bowl is the the biggest time but then to witness it firsthand i couldn't even watch the game when it came well, to I, it i was like uh yeah I have it's heard, not the super bowl's fault i'm just saying it's large events i have heard for years that i mean we're the biggest problem because we're the ones with all the money and it's our american businessmen and whoever that are purchasing these acts of service right you know i mean that's what these people in other countries are doing like mexico and guatemala and stuff and, and they're trying to cross the border and they're going on that journey they're trying to get them those kids here for american people you know and so it is it's you know i've heard that for years you know like we're the ones buying them 
what and we're the ones that are addicted to porn, and we're the ones that are producing porn. And so we talked about business, and what about politicians? Politic, you know, the whole Jeffrey Epstein shit that went down or whatever. He was a businessman. He was he was a donor. Yeah, he was a big donor, but he was running around with a bunch of politicians. politicians, You know, I've seen the documentary, the Epstein Island and shit, and all the people that were visiting that. You don't visit Epstein Island knowing that this that's that guy's life. That's everything that he does on a day to day basis. But yet, you just do good business with him and nothing else. Mm -hmm. You know. And I will just say this: I don't. I won't usually speak to the Epstein thing. I will just say, corruption is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there hasn't been a country or a city I've gone to where people aren't people. Mm. There isn't been a city that I've gone to that men and women aren't addicted to pornography. There, you know, and that's I always bring it up because that's the root of the problem. Right. You know, and so usually when someone gets arrested or they get caught, they're like, well, it's because I was, I started porn this long ago mm. and it creates this appetite and then it gets worse and more violent and more, you know, and then they go get a prostitute that's of age and then they want a younger one, younger one. And then before you know it, they're, you know, flying to Thailand to have sex with a nine-year-old boy yeah. and then the meter moves and um, it it's, starts I, with I, the- I've heard that it's just because if you start watching porn, you might get an initial thrill, right? It's exciting, but something that you do over and over and over that excitement dulls. Correct. So you move to the next thing that's just a little bit worse, a little bit, and then maybe to the real life with, like you said, of age prostitutes. And then that just doesn't do it anymore. Then now what? Right? Mm-hmm. They're chasing some sort of weird adrenaline or, some, you know, some sick Well, twisted, then the addiction's in charge. It's yeah. kind of, it does yeah. the same thing yeah. the brain yeah. as heroin. Yeah. So, you know, I tell people, like, if you were to give your kid a cell phone, and understanding, so porn does the same thing to the brain as heroin. If you knew that you gave him a phone, and at some point in that phone, you don't know how or what, but there's a possibility it could actually inject heroin to your kid, you probably would never give him the phone. Mm-hmm. But that is what they're getting. And the women and the men and whoever, you know, with the likes, it's a very similar release as pornography. It's not the same. I'm saying a like is the same as porn at all. Right. What I'm saying is the addiction to, to it's porn, a chemical, it's a chemical It's a, it's a chemical change, release yeah. in, the, in the brain. Is really yeah. what it comes down to, and it can happen in many different forms. Right? And I'm also thinking we need to be better in, in a couple ways. You know, I've seen kids as young as 9, 10, 11 addicted to pornography or scared to tell their parents so they commit suicide that they sent a nude. I'll tell you right now, we let our kids live in a world where they send nudes, period. This story's over. I mean, I've seen case after case after case where the kids are, you know, amazing families, good families. They're like, eat your vegetables, say your prayers kind of families, mm-hmm. do your homework. And their kids are sending nudes. That's the, that is how um, our kids interact. Mm-hmm. So it's another layer to me when I speak to the maybe females. Again, that's how kids get attention. That maybe is exactly again, how they get attention. That's, that, that's, maybe they're just, again, not getting the attention that they need. And maybe like we start these conversations that could initially be uncomfortable with our kids. Yeah. But if they're addicted to porn, say, I can't mean your mom or mean your dad or whatever can handle it. Let's talk about it. it. Might be mad for a minute if you sent some nudes, but make your house a place where you can talk about it and get rid of shame. Mm. Because if you think your kids aren't getting their, you know, exposed to pornography, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've seen it. And I wish that that wasn't the case. But we have to open up these conversations of what it does to the brain. Sweden does a really good job. They have what's called the Nordic model. They do a couple things right. If a man, I, I usually say man, but it could be man or woman, buys sex with someone, much less a minor, they get publicly humiliated. So there's that fear because that's the worst thing, right? When when yeah. a sex offender gets arrested, you're like, oh my gosh, the bookings. Oh my gosh, my family's going to know. Oh my gosh, my people, my business are going to Yeah, but they know. now just took down the pictures. Well, they have to register as a sex offender, all that. Like the public humiliation does pretty good. So Sweden does a good job with that. And then also they start early talking about what good images are and what, you know, bad images are. Like in kindergarten, they talk about nutrition and exercise and food and water. And also these images do this to your brain. And then in first Mm. grade, and it goes up through the education system. So by the time they're in, you know, middle school, they already know what human trafficking is. They know why you shouldn't buy sex with each other. They know why you shouldn't look at pornography, why it actually ruins your sexuality by like engaging in that, how it ruins your brain. And so the education piece and the over talking about it, the kids are like, okay, you know, do you want to have a real relationship? You know, but we're just not talking about things. Say no to drugs. I mean, dude, it worked on me. My entire life, it was just like, say no to drugs, say no to drugs, say no to drugs. And like, when Same. I finally started getting offered drugs at only 13, 14 years <laughs> yeah. old, I was like, drugs are bad. I don't want to do I don't do know those, why, you know? but no, I was told to say no. That's right. I, yeah. I said no, but then I, my cousin was like, 
you've never wondered Dude. what it felt like? And, I'm and like, then I, I, guess. I ended up doing it. And, yeah, then, and I didn't like it. it. Yeah. And so by the time I, and I did it in middle school, but yeah. by the time high school, I was like, man, I don't like it. And it's bad. You know, but so the addiction then becomes in charge. It's just like porn. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if we can have these conversations, unfortunately, they're going to be uncomfortable and you're not going to, your kids are going to be like, mom, I don't send a nude. But if you start saying, when's the last time you sent a nude? When's the last time you were asked for a nude? Teenagers, they're asked for a nude every single day, I'll tell you that. Mm. And when their moms are shaking their <laughs> everything that's, on that's the internet. That's how the conversation opens up now so, with another 14-year-old boy or something. That's let me tell you puberty. how I came to this realization. We were working in Phoenix. A girl went missing. And her mom took her phone. And we were able to retrieve evidence from um, the gaming system, from her emails, from her old phones. She was starting to get groomed on Roblox as a young child. And then the conversation started as simply as high and they, they sounded and looked pretty innocent. You right. know, you could see how she became friends yeah. with him. Then she started talking to multiple people. Then she started emailing multiple people. And then you start noticed there's probably 30 guys that are married and let her know they're married with kids. She's 15 that they're like, you're my, you know, saying all these things that she wants to be told. Mm. And you realize, okay, so I, we kind of honed in on where she was. We figured out who it was that had her, um, this trafficker. And we made a fake Snapchat account. Literally just a fake Snapchat account, or like we think it's this guy that has her. Sent him a message, hey. He said, hey. Send it later, send me nude. Had no idea who I was. It wasn't even me, actually somebody on the team. No idea. And we're like, holy cow, is this the world our kids live in? Yeah. Hey, hey, send me nude. Yeah. And this was a while back. Holy shit. So I do, I've done school assemblies, I've done my you know, podcasts, TV interviews, whatever, and talking to groups of teenagers, and I've changed it to Hey, what, who's, been asked, who's been asked for a nude today? And every hand goes up. Uh, it really was an mm. eye-opening thing for me to see mm. on the other side. Wow. The world our kids live in is much more difficult than we realize. Yeah. We have to show them some grace, but we also have to be better mm. humans as adults. Because, we have to be better parents too, man. Like, yeah. Because we, we just want to think, like, that's not happening to my kid. Well, and it, sometimes and the, nobody is. wants to have the tough conversations. Even if like they don't it's have uncomfortable, a phone, they have tablets, even, or they, they yeah. want to just fight to yeah. have, can I play my Roblox? I mean, my, yeah. my six-year-old plays Roblox, yeah. and I, I think it's harmless, right? But yeah. then you find out, holy shit, they could be messaged there too. And well, there's I rules think you, you can do. You can yeah. turn yeah. off the messages. I and think. you can turn off, like, you have them not play online or just with people that they could invite to your house. So one good rule of thumb is if you could, if you were standing in line at Chuck E. Cheese, right, and your kid was waiting to get, play a game or something, and a guy came up and started talking to your kid, you'd have a problem. Hell yeah. yeah. That's what's happening in Roblox when you're online. Some guy's coming up talking to your kid, but you don't know it. Mm. But if it's somebody that you're like, would you bring your cousin with you to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Then you can have him play that game with you. Yeah. You have to, like, transport it into, a, like, a reality what would we really, really do? Because I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but the world's a little wonky right now. Yeah. Who knows if these likes mm. are going to continue? Who knows if these what? Who knows what's going to happen? But what happens when all that goes away? Is all you have left is you and your family, right? Right. We have to understand that we got to start talking about this stuff. And I cannot handle it when parents go, "I wouldn't look in their phone. That's their privacy." You pay the bill. Mm. You need to. You need to. Uh, your job grow is to pair. your, your job me. is to protect them. Yes, right. not give them. Free and because you're scared to, to have a fight with your teenager yeah. for a second. Yeah, yeah. Get over it. Yeah. And say, listen, don't be overbearing because they're going to run. And I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. You know, know what, what to tell every parent. I'm just saying if we would have these conversations and we wouldn't be so scared to look in their phones. If they're 15, they didn't buy the dang phone. It's yeah. your phone. Yeah. You know, and I know that, I mean, I've seen kids do amazingly well, what, brilliant that, things in technology. What, what's but. the difference of, of a landlord coming to check on their property? When you have a rental property, they say, hey, we're going to come check on the property. They'll, they'll, they'll have somebody go out and check on right. their property. You're yeah. just living there. And right? if you like that phone is your property, it's your property. the kid it's in your is name. just using it. Yep. Right. So and check there's on nothing it. that their privacy could need to warrant that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> If you need privacy, then <laughs> yeah. that's a then problem. That's not good. My 14-year-old yeah. knows my mom won't go on my phone in my privacy. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and send a nude. I don't know, care if the guy's 50 or 18 or in my, gra in my grade. It doesn't matter because she wants the like. She wants the email back. Mm -hmm. She wants the text back. But guess what? So does my mom. Mm -hmm. She's spending time in, in front of the mirror putting makeup on and dancing in a bikini, too. And we're doing these TikTok videos or these OnlyFans videos. It's like... I, again, I understand I have weird goggles on, yeah. but I get furious mm. of the, of the absolute na naive bubble we think that we yeah. can live in. Let me, let me ask you this. Have you seen, I mean, there has to be some sort of research out there on it. Have you seen anything about maybe the right age in order to start giving a child a phone? Is it yeah. 10? Is it eight? Is it 12? Is it 
Never, yeah, so they nebuary? say if you have nephewary. <laughs> yeah, that's when my daughter's been, Yeah, when you're at, when you're asking. But the problem job is, is it's not a phone. Every app has messaging nowadays. Yeah. Mm. They could be on Discord. They could be on mm. Roblox. They mm. could be on TikTok. They could be so even if they have a tablet with messaging, they're vulnerable. Then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. So they they do say do not give your kid a or let, even let them look at a screen, even a TV, when they're under eighteen months because that opens their brain open to suggestion. So that's a good rule of thumb. And I think, oh my gosh, my kids are watching, you know, like Blue's Clues and stuff. When yeah, they were. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the most current research is don't even let them look at a screen until after 18 months. What happens when kids are looking at screens, they're open to that suggestion of what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah. So now as far as when should you let your kids have social media? Again, I'm not the right person to ask. I mean, people say when they're 16, when they're 18, but really it's going to be a parent parents decision honestly i've seen you know kids that have it when they're 13 and they do a terrible job and i've seen kids have when they're 18 and do a terrible job with it so i wouldn't do it knowing what i know now but having kids that are older i you wouldn't do what allow i wouldn't allow them to have, them to social have media no account? there's no reason to do and i know it's like come on mom everyone's doing it but it's so dangerous and i know that's not popular and most parents are gonna be like she's right. out of her mind she's freaking crazy but you've seen it more than anybody but i've seen know? it yeah. and if they do i mean know that all of their logins so maybe it's them saying they can't have facebook and instagram or snapchat isn't realistic know their logins but again kids are brilliant they will change it they will look go to a different device kids are absolutely brilliant so really what well, has heard, to happen I've is education. kids when when uh, there was a girl that lived down the street and my wife was telling me that uh, her friend, the mom, found out when they she would take her phone and say, hey, you're punished, right? Give me your phone or whatever. You're not going to have your phone for the week. All they do is just log in on their friend's phone. Right. They go to school and, right. they, and they still have access to the Snapchat or the Instagram account or whatever on somebody else's phone. Just because you have the phone in your possession doesn't mean that they're not using something Correct. in order to access that. Yeah, and that's why, um, so we're filming this documentary, right? help these kids understand that they're the target. You know, I was working about a year and a half ago with an organization that works in Asia, getting kids um, out by large numbers. And I realized in some of these cultures, like you were saying in Mexico, like it's just culturally acceptable or however it works, it's okay for them to either sell a kid to a trafficker or they're, or they're out working. And I realized as I'm hearing sad, more sad stories in Asia going, wait a minute, this kid didn't know he's a target. One minute he's sitting with his mom and dad and the next minute he's the one out working in the rice field. Uh, the kids in the DR didn't know they were targets. The kids in the U.S. didn't know they were targets. Wait a minute. The kids don't know they're targets until it's too freaking late. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're filming a documentary like for the youth, by the youth, by influencers, celebrities, musicians, and kids to say, no, I was trafficked on Snapchat. No, I was trafficked on Roblox. Mm -hmm. Coming from kids to kids. Yeah. Because really, these messages are good for us parents to understand the threat as to why we should invasively <laughs> watch our kids. But at the same time, if we give kids the tools that they need to maneuver the internet, doesn't matter if they're on the phones, whatever, then they can start to look out for look out for each other, right? right. And they can start to notice, like, wait a minute, my friend is posting all these weird pictures. What's going on with her? And give the like empowerment to them by educating them. So we have a documentary that's coming out. We'll have to. I'll send do it you to know you. What it's powerful, gonna be yeah. called? Yes, I do. Can you not share? You can't share it. Can't oh, share yet. I can't share the name yet. Um, we have some some heavy so, hitters that have come so, in, but it will be released in the states. But it will be like kid friendly, so that uh -huh. kids will be able to watch it, and they're not gonna. Yeah, and know. it will be released in the UK, um, Ireland, Australia, and the states. Is it what released as in like a Netflix release? Yeah, it'll or? be Netflix, Amazon, gotcha. um, Cinemax, HBO. Um, I'm, you won't I'm be able honestly to get away from surprised us. that some of those organizations would would want that on their. Platform. I know it was interesting you know, way back so, when everything was happening. I'm like, because it does oh, seem like this is opposite. So we'll see how this goes. Well, but we'll also be hosting on it online, so, so when they take it down and everyone gets freaked out, you can still access. What's it. What's weird on social media is that you know the whole political thing. Anything with COVID, they can fact check, fact check this, remove this, da 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 da. But they're not doing any of that with child trafficking. No, at all. Mm -mm, at all. There's you know, like private groups. People were saying, dude, this there's private like Facebook groups of people that like little boys or little girls. And Facebook just allows it. I was just going to say that. They don't shut that yeah. shit down. So but my dad used to do shut my down something. Uh, You'll shut down COVID. someone saying somebody, don't, somebody, don't somebody, wear a mask something. or something. Yeah. 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 Right. Like yeah. you're going to shut Trump down because he did a bad tweet or a mean, he was mean, but yet these people are out there targeting children. Yeah, a gal What's here in St. George, she was doing my website and she came to me in tears and she's like, I just need to talk to you. I know we do a lot of anti-traveling stuff, but this is really sad. And she was researching the Facebook groups and what you're mentioning. 
And it's this specific Facebook group was getting 900 posts a day. And this part's gonna be pretty graphic. So if there's kids listening, don't, you know, turn it, turn the volume down, raping infants. Like there's videos in the group Videos, of 900 posts a day, 60,000 members of the group. They had enough complaints. They shut it down after six months and it opened right back up under a different name. So Facebook can host that, but they can't mm. do what like you were That's saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying. Like I'm surprised corporations like that are allowing that priorities, to be, but you know, high level businessmen are the people condoning this shit and yeah. purchasing yeah. it. And you know, you know, another heat of warning to too, it, while you know? we're on the topic is don't post pictures of your kids in just a diaper. Yeah. Um, you know, with technology, the way it is, they can literally grab any face, do whatever they want to it. Yeah. Um, just the cybersecurity piece we're just so exposed. Here's the thing, the traffickers, high, higher level traffickers, they have more sophisticated technology than law enforcement. Yeah. That's why they're able to find it out, okay? Mm. So you have a kid well, that's recently divorced. and they're probably more law enforcement. Well, heck yeah. yeah. You so. have a kid that's recently divorced and he's, uh, he or she is snapping one most of the time from one address. Mm -hmm. Then they're snapping about every other weekend from a different address. Okay, great. That kid's vulnerable. They're probably going through a divorce. They they're probably not have eyes on them all the time. Mm. This the and a lot of this can be automated. How they're data mining, right? Holy shit! Just like a lot That's of crazy. just like a lot of Holy the um, Instagram requests our kids get, all the likes, some of the likes that they get. A lot of that's just a computer, and they don't understand. They think it's really this girl in a bikini wanting whatever. No, there's a lot of it is a computer. There's so much money, and it's at such a high level of technology. You know, you have full, you know, technology warehouses where people wake up in the morning to do this very thing. That's so crazy. That's just, see, that's something right there I would have never thought of. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they're in these multiple locations. They're probably going through a divorce. Think of the data you can they pull They have a 13-year-old daughter. You know, they're putting all this shit together to target your people. And you know what? Like, ignorance is bliss until it's your kid. You know, and, and you know, I, t I told you in the beginning of our, our episode that, you know, what's happened to us. Mm -hmm. And had my wife not been monitoring my daughter's messages, she would never found it. But she wasn't monitoring it very often. She's monitoring it once or twice a month mm -hmm. before she finally found it. We took the device. We gave it to the police. They couldn't find shit on this person. You that know, like a, we yeah. were pissed and, mm. but we're so grateful it happened because like now, like she'll come to us and she'll talk to us. And, you know, I can't stress that enough, man. It really does just start with the parents. You have to have those conversations, even if they're hard. And don't you know? let the most kids, kids do have devices now. And I mean, they might, we have to get rid of some shame because at yeah. some point, like it's not their fault, Yeah, but it is our fault is once you know more, you have to do more. Yeah, so now that us. you know, you need to start like doing more, being it's better. hundred percent. It's up to us. Well, it's a matter of taking ownership as a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to put, why would you do that when you could really go take a hard look in the mirror and say, well, what did I do wrong as a parent that made them think that that was okay or that they needed to even do something like that? And it's never too late. a picture right? or whatever yeah. it is. It's never right? too late. So right. I just was hiring so. a gal in a different country to work. I hire a lot of survivors. And um, again, same thing. She goes, I just want to work for me. I said, I'm not even going to interview you. I'm going to go back to the States. We just have a policy where your social media should probably be pretty professional, especially mm. with what you've been through. You want to have a new, clean, yeah. fresh image. Yeah. And I got a call a few days later after getting back to the States and she said, I closed my Facebook down and I was so proud of her. I didn't want yeah. her to do that at all. Um, and I, I see what you're saying. Maybe I should be like a woman that people can look up to, you know, because mm. I know that the likes might seem like a, an initial adrenaline, but later on you're like, do I really want my kids seeing that? Or do I want my dad or like my, you know, people that... And so it's really important that we start to look at our own and it's not too late. Well, what I think about in terms of social media, you should be proud of it. And then in 30 years or 40 years or 50, like hell, when you're dead and gone, that your great, great grandkids could look back and see that you were a force for good and there that you were giving, you were trying to help people. Yeah. Not shaking, shaking your ass, mm -hmm. you know, online, you're probably not going to be proud of that at 85 years old or 90 years old and you got great great grandkids with social media and they can easily just google yeah. grandma's name or whatever and there was a kid that got a harvard full ride scholarship because of his tweets because they were amazing how many girls are getting full ride scholarships for shaking their boobs online probably zero right. but this kid was tweeting so many positive um uplifting messages mm. that were not politically driven just just really just heartfelt wholesome. high vibrational yeah. wholesome stuff yeah. and harvard goes we want that yeah so we got a full ride scholarship to an ivy league school because he used the internet to be amazing mm. the potential that we have for good is just you know enormous yeah we have to wake up and go 
oh, this is kind of gross, this dark place I've been living. I'm going to clean up my, what you know, whatever I feel I need to do. But it's never too late to maybe take a look back. I've had to go clean off stuff off of my old social media too. Yeah. So, I mean. Everybody's guilty. You know, it's not just. Posting maybe something that they weren't proud, you yeah. know. Yeah, I'm like, delete, whatever, delete, right? ah. yeah. But knowing that human trafficking and child trafficking is a thing and then you still mm. want to help in the fight, but you still want to over-sexualize stuff, that's where the the gears really start grinding yeah. for me. You just can't. So. Well, at the end of the day, man, that, that kid that got a full-ride scholarship to Harvard, I mean, he was just giving good to the world without expectation. Not everybody's going to get rewarded for being good. But you know what? There's so much damn evil in the world. Yeah. And you should just want to be part of the force of good, man, yeah. because this shit is disgusting. Shine some light. I can't yeah. believe what it's come to. I, I'm sure the numbers are just crazy and they're rising and it's just horrible. But it's like, man, we need more people on the good guy's side. You know, like just be, we, be we, a representation we, we, we of were, good. Uh, or still are in the RTA syndicate. And a couple of guys that we were in that group with, um, Sean and Aaron started Kids Lives Matter. Yeah, I know those do, guys. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've known yeah. them since the beginning. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. I was I was thinking about that as yeah. I was coming into oh, no, the yeah. office. I was like, we're, I want to talk to her about them yeah. and maybe see if I Yeah, no, we've worked do. together since, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, and actually before they started, they called me and said, where are the gaps? Who's on the ground doing real work? We don't want to care about ego. You'll find rescuing agencies that it's all about ego. It's all about, look how cool we are. Yeah, no. that's what they were saying. On, yeah. They're like, we're we, friends. Want, we, we want to make a good, like, yeah. an actual impact. Yeah, so, so where's like, the holes? I said, great. Well, yeah. I have a guy in Florida that is a young boy that is, I mean, we, we started just doing some damage, helping people. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, he escaped his trafficker, but he's living on the streets. He just needs a bike. Mm-hmm. And he needs a safe place to live. So it's these pieces people don't understand. The prevention dollars are 30 times more powerful than after. The most, the average um, victim goes back to their trafficker seven to 15 times. Just funding rescues is like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. We have to understand once they're rescued, they need access to safe housing. They need access to food. Mm. If they don't within 72 hours, they're going to sell their body again. They need access to education. They need a long-term empowerment. So there are really high reputable or whatever rescuing agencies that have made a lot of money on people's stories, but guess who they call at the end of the day for help. You're looking at her Mm. because they still need access to the stuff that's really going to keep them out. So our rescue is important. Yes. Have I helped in many of them? Yes. Does it need to happen? Absolutely. But the, the problem is so much more and it's way more expensive to, you know, rescue and then worry about all the things after yeah. than it is just to start talking about it yeah. and preventing it from one, you know, from one kid having yeah, it happen to. So, yeah, I know. I know those guys. Um, there a lot of us. This, the world gets pretty small. Yeah. The world gets really small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's but fun. that's why our no, organization is cool. called Global Education Philanthropist because we invite everybody to be involved. Yeah. And we have the whole spectrum of the way that you can only make an impact, I truly believe, is with partnerships. Yeah. With trusted, vetted partnerships with people that you know are in it for the right reason. Mm. They're not in it to just look how cool we are. Yeah. They, when you see these victims and you're with them, I, our organization never leaves the victim ever. So I have victims that I've, you know, still keep in contact with four years later, yeah. mm. you know, that are like, I just really want to make sure they don't go back. Yeah. Otherwise we all just suited up and went and rescued so we could sell a story and go home. Well, that's well, not going to do any good. E- well, <laughs> e- even, yeah. even on the, uh, Cody, Cody's podcast, uh, a couple episodes ago, he talked about how the brain just wants to stay in a same pattern. Right. It's hard to break patterns. Mm -hmm. Right. So if they lived in a certain pattern for two or three, four years before getting rescued and they start going down a new path, but there's not, but but there's not the support there. It's easy to drift back to the same pattern, yeah. even, if it's easy, it. even if it's a negative pattern. Oh, right. right. Absolutely. It just is looking we for familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sabotage ourselves. Yeah. And people go, how could they go back seven to 15 times? Well, you've heard of Stockholm syndrome. You can imagine what that would be when they're already, you know, usually against their will, but addicted to drugs. There's trauma bonds. Mm. It's very complex trauma situations we're dealing with. DID, PTSD, the things that they've had to endure. It's a, it's a lifelong healing process. So yeah, it makes the real world probably that much more difficult to even live in, mm-hmm. um, as, as a victim of that. Right. So it's like, well, this is too difficult. At least over there, I was getting drugs and this and that, and you know, maybe that's why they, and it only takes a back, week for right? the trafficker to convince them. This is your family now. This is what love looks like. Mm. And that your family doesn't want you. And yeah. they get branded. There's and a different why things you're go with on. That's just crazy, yeah. right? And so the the, the brain. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there's more we can do. We just need to be better. Yeah. yeah. So one of the strongest uh, feelings in the world or the things that we want as humans is a sense of belonging. And yeah. So if your family's in turmoil and you're not doing the best as your parent, your kid's going to want to belong to something. something. And that's going to open yeah. them up to something like to be vulnerable to something like that. And so, man, I think the message is just so powerful. I mean, we've got to be better as parents. We got to be business, better as business leaders. We got to just be better as people of what we put out there online and just be a part of a this battle, you know, mm. getting this shit combated. So battle I know, evil. I yeah. know like how we met you is like the, the multiple club. I mean, they were like, Hey, you know, come up and meet us, but we really want you to donate to our friend Cammy's cause. And when they said what it was, I'm like, Oh, no problem. We've donated. Well, to, we've donated kids matter. We've donated hey, an hour. I mean, this yeah. is something that we would love to see get better in our world. Right. And so yeah. we'll definitely be donating to, well, to actually I, I said, Hey, well, we don't want to, we don't want a freebie to go up there for the afternoon. We'll give you some money. Like, what do you guys you know, want us to pay. And he says, don't pay anything. Donate. Yeah. Is what, is what he said. Yeah. That's amazing. He's like, there's, if you're open to that and you don't want a freebie, just don't. And then when he said the cause, we're just like, yeah. We would have done that anyways. We are, uh, we have organizations that we work with that are in the States. Okay. And we are working on transporting victims literally every other day in Utah, in California, in the, in the state, in the United States. So I have seen it again and again and again. You know, when I leave here, we're working on something right now. Like it's just never ending. And so, you know, I'm biased for my own organization, but donate to organizations that you've vetted, that you can see that they've helped people, or maybe they come highly recommended um, like yours did because the multiple club we're a really tight knit group and I message them. They're my support system. Hey, this is what we have going on tonight. Send us a prayer. Right. And we don't send it out to everyone on the internet because I, mm. I cannot get the victim's face out of my mind. Yeah. Would he or she want then unlimited people knowing, yeah. Hey, we're out here doing this right mm. now. No. And so we have a tight knit group and we have operators that are dark without a website that don't look for acclimates that are literally just really, really big badasses. I think that's the biggest fear with a lot of people that at, at your level, right? Um, or that would love to aspire to do what you do is they're like, man, once I see this, I know I can't go back. I won't be able to live my life without all that guilt. And so you're a true warrior, right? But like, what do you need the most, right? Like, do you guys have everything figured out? Do you just need money? Like, how can they vet your organization to figure out like, dude, that's the one yeah. that I want to support? And Great question. To. Yeah. So we are a, you know, federal 501c3 organization. So mm-hmm. we rely on donations. Right, we just had a, a case close by where the poor girl that we got out didn't have anything at all. And she had an issue where she needed new clothes, we'll yeah. just say. And one of my, our sweet operators had to go to Walmart and try to get her new undergarments and new leggings and figure it out. So the donations are literally everything. So we, that's, that, that, that is what we need. Yeah. We also need corporate sponsors. Um, if your business uh, wants to be a corporate sponsor, then we connect with you and we get our logo on your website and a percentage of each sale goes to fight human trafficking. Cool. We have a great um, partnership with uh, um, cryptocurrency where half of every half a percent of every transaction goes to us and we literally um, deploy you know the resources immediately. Yeah. And so be without resources, it stops everything. And so as soon as it comes in, it goes right to the victims. What yeah. about manpower? What if somebody? I know. Is, what, we need yeah. to go suit up and go yeah. to the tunnels. I know. Uh, <laughs> how can we go to the tunnels? So, okay. But um, my my thing is what you're talking about is it's I'll pill out from business just in general and be in, living in tunnels, dude. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, and like, that's yeah. empowered. And that's, powerful. that's exactly what she, what ha- what, with her, right? She's just went from teaching, saw some things, was like. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I can't go back just to sitting in a classroom when I know that there's a bigger need out there in the world in terms of impact, right? Yeah, but, so we get volunteers that want to sign up all the time. So yeah. volunteers can do a lot with us. They can travel internationally and go do service projects, which actually helps youth, by the way, go, hey, wait a minute, maybe I'm okay. Maybe I'm doing okay. And then they get to go serve other people. So yeah. they can what travel about, with what us. What about a family? What, a family, what, what, we bring what, families. What, what, bring what, if, what if I wanted to take my kids to... Haiti or yeah. something like that. So that especially at Haven Claire's age, bro, you know, that they you can, know? they exactly yeah. that they could we see, that. We've you know, done how that. blessed and that they whew. really are. Right. In, in terms of, you know, what they currently have, because again, with the phones and that kids can get pretty fucking bratty, dude. Like right. you take the phone, you know, they get nasty a little bit yeah. and they're just spoiled. Right. And so I've watched we, it we, change we, kids we, lives. Yeah. yeah we talk, uh, me and my wife are talking like, man, we should start like for Christmas I one know. year. We need to, instead of going to Hawaii or something 
and do something Let's go to the fun. Caribbean let's, and then go hold orphans. Go somewhere yeah. else where, where there's actually an impact that can be had. Because I think if, uh, you know, our kids see that at a young age, I think that it would help them become a little bit more of a force for good for good. And it would be easier to maybe have some of the conversations like, look, this is how some people live. But also some of these kids have gone through some things and, you know, you, you hold a device in your hand that is dangerous, yes, right? And it can kind of dangerous. bring it real. Because I think sometimes if you even sit down with a kid and try to have a conversation, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, right. That uh, That's not going to happen. Same as the concept of exactly. the parent, right? right. Like, that's not going to happen to my family. Mm-hmm. Like every, everybody says that about everything. Somebody being murdered, something bad happened, you know, a trial track that everybody assumes that's not, that's happens on TV or somewhere else. That just doesn't happen in my neighborhood or my town or. And my if country. your kids come and travel with us, I've yeah. watched it help seriously so many teenagers. We bring youth groups, we bring families, we bring doctors, nurses, business owners to teach yeah. vocational trades. Um, if they come with us and they come back, they get that they get that um, feeling of wanting to do good. Mm. And so I've had youth travel with us internationally and like. then ask, yeah. hey, can I go with you on your Christmas outreach? Can I go to your street outreach with you? And so I go down into these areas that people need help and we just do service. Yeah. So go to our website and just click on... Um, become a volunteer Mm. and let me know, let us know. So we have a volunteer team and they will call you. You're getting an initial response, but they'll call you and see what your family wants to do. But you can travel, you can donate, um, and you can just join the fight in a way that will really impact you for the long term. How many people come home with kids? (laughs) You're not supposed to. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like they just can't, like you said, like that's my boy, right? Yeah, international adoption is really tricky, but um, I've had quite a few volunteers that have gone back to adopt from where we serve. Yeah. Um, but really, like in Belize, we do a women empowerment um, series. We have the men come in and teach business and teach men empowerment. Mm. We work, we uh, mm. excuse me, partner with medical schools and the physicians. So, like, what a typical trip would look like is you'd have families um, working on a service project at the aftercare center or the school. You'd have doctors and nurses working. You'd have checking up on the kids. Yeah, yeah. women just holding babies. Like a lot of the kids don't have time. You know, they don't get time one on one with yeah. someone. Or our teenagers. Would you say it's safe? Yeah, we have a full security team with us. Okay. Like high, high level security team. Usually the same security that the government officials in that country use. Gotcha. I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm all signed up for all of it. Let's go. Because I'm like, get in the car. I'm serious. (laughs) I am, man. Because like, I mean, Trevor was saying, it's like, it's a scary thought because you're like, man, like, um, I just won't be able to think the same anymore. But you know what? We can do so much more by do by going and contributing and being a part of it more than just donating money like we can come back and and realize like man our our business can do more we can Mm -hmm. be more powerful as businessmen by supporting organizations like this and being a part of it and see and seeing what's really going on in the world i Mm -hmm. I don't think people should fear it too much right like you know like you might not want to go full-time like cammy's done but you can come back and kind of shift your your company to be something that's a a little bit more powerful in in supporting a cause like if your company doesn't have a purpose Right. Yeah. Uh, this I, could be I, it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I that's exactly it. Because yeah. I honestly think employees like to work for companies that have some sort of purpose behind it. Absolutely. And it, and, What's and the why? It, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Look, we're working hard. That's great that you guys are providing for your family. But don't get the, don't forget the bigger picture. Yeah. Like, why all, do they come to work for you every day? We're all showing up every single right. day giving, giving our best so that we can become the best so that we can give our best. Or right? every sale, five bucks goes to, to yeah, a kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I've had exactly. the same family talk with with my wife that you you talked about. Like, well, hey, let's do something more charitable for Christmas. Year. Our kids are entitled brats. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. Well, we can always collect rescue packs. So that's a huge thing. You can go on our website, yeah. globalep.org. Um, we always need rescue packs with just necessities of yeah. life in them. So I had people do their Eagle Project. I've had... Um, businesses well, all like over the necessities of yeah. life, like toothpaste, toothbrush, yeah. like, like uh-huh. what you would hand to homeless people. Pretty or much, yeah, in a backpack. Yeah, uh, we've done female specific in a purse too, but really, just you know, a change of clothes, a bottle of water. Um, I usually mm. put a journal and a love note in there, and we bring those into these. And I actually have some organizations that do it in different cities, but in really non-permissive areas where these women are at dire straits. And we put a phone number in there and say, if you need a ride, we'll come pick you up. And so just those rescue packs as your kids get to collect, and and all of this is at globalep.org. But if you collect the resources, we'll get them to people in need. Or when they get out, we say, here you go. Here's the necessities of life. You don't need, we're not going to ask you for anything. But you just got out. And like literally, as soon as we get these rescue packs in, they go out. The needs needs are so great. Mm. But one thing I will tell you why our organization stands out is because we are grassroots. 
we are the ones that have partnerships with other philanthropic minded business owners, with other um, rescuing agencies that are pure hearted, that are out there working all the time. Mm. And people that are out there doing good all the time. Yeah. So, well, so join us globalep.org. Look us up on Facebook and Instagram at global education philanthropists and, um, send us a DM. If you want to, um, I'll, you can look me up, go to cami 360com shoot me a text and say, Hey, I want to help you. I heard C-A-M-M-Y. 360. 360. Okay. Yeah. C-A-M-M-Y 360.com. That'll pull up like my V card, my, you know, virtual card and save my contact in your phone and send me a message if something goes awry. Or if you're like, Hey, I heard you on the podcast. I want to volunteer or go to globalep.org, click volunteer and our volunteer team will contact you. Well, I'm glad we made it happen. Yeah. I feel like it was meant to be. And I mean, as you guys now have heard guys and gals, there's a hundred different things you can do to support this cause at any level. You know, so go look her up. See how you guys can support the cause. Use your life for something positive. Yeah. Create a positive impact. You know, I, I think people will look back at 70, 80 years old and, and wish that they maybe would have done more. I know you I know, did when I thought um, I was going to die. <laughs> so don't, don't waste your life only thinking about yourself. Don't waste your life, you know, trying to get the third or fourth or fifth car. Use your life by making a positive impact and that's exactly what you're doing like i take my hat off to you like i've had, i had chills a few times throughout yeah, throughout too. throughout throughout the mm-hmm. podcast you know and it's just incredible that you're such a selfless human being um and and literally dedicating your life to something that is such a good cause you know and and thank you nobody nobody could do anything more honorable than what you're doing right now so except for um, changing your social media if you can't do what cammy's doing take down the booty pics thank you, you. Know? Oh, that's is it okay message. if i do some peck pops or is that bad <laughs> oh with a shirt on a with pop? a shirt on i don't even know yeah. what that means i mean I, I guess i see what's happening now but so, <laughs> i've never heard that term i got more likes though you know it doesn't so, matter you know guys make yeah. sure that you're doing something positive in the world and and that's what cammy's doing make sure that you know you take time at least visit the website check it out um and, and do your part. Five bucks, ten yeah. bucks, a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, ten thousand dollars, preferably a million. But preferably uh, a million. <laughs> we keep if you asking wanna, for all these and, rates and, and, it reviews, is, and it is but, a tax deduction. Yeah. You know, and, oh, and if you work with Easier Accounting, we'll deduct yeah. it for you. And we're, so exactly. There you go go well, to Easier well, Accounting. Well, yeah. If you want to sponsor so, one of the Netflix episodes, we'll get your business in front of the whole world. Oh, wow. That's, That's awesome. another piece. So send me an email, cami at globally.org. I'll splatter your. We'll put logo, your logo everywhere, yeah. and you'll be invited to the red carpet events and things like that for the, the higher level. I think um, I was made for the red carpet. I think so. We'll, oh, we'll find oh, out. Oh. <laughs> pink, oh, do I have to have my pinky out? No, nope, yeah. just oh, come as okay. you are. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll love it. We're going to be a part of it for sure. Um, let's... Uh, Let's wrap it up. I mean, yeah. we, Thanks, we, usually, we usually we usually ask for rates and reviews, but today, you guys, I mean, go go check out Global yeah. EP and just uh, just just figure out how you can help in some way, small, yeah. large, medium, whatever. Just give, give us a like or a follow. Yeah. You know, I have a really awesome. Their name's Spartan Media, um, company that does our social media. They always try to put something that will help educate families just on this. Awesome. Um, and it will even if all you do is just see just a little bit more each day, and it's pretty family friendly. Keep posts. it top of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it'll yep. it'll help help that. So. Guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We know we did. Um, Super impactful. So, uh, guys, take care. Have a kick-ass day.